0: Welcome to Hearts Aligned, a tapestry of heart-touching stories, motivation, wisdom, and inspiration. Join your host Deshaun Williams every Monday at four thirty p.m. as they connect and align hearts. Today we have Harris Eddie Hill on the show. If you don't mind, uh, share a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm uh, non-binary. I'm a podcaster best-selling author and I founded the Centre for Childhood Trauma Healing in 2023. Um, I spent some time in our National Health Service which is the UK's healthcare service uh, which I'm very passionate about, I really believe in but I saw how little there was available for trauma survivors Um, you know and that was my story too and so I decided to set up my own practice and uh, I've done amazing work with some folks this year helping them particularly to overcome childhood trauma because that can really um, mess things up and complicate things uh, as an adult even though it's years later uh, it's just really common and and so many people have it and you can overcome it you can heal from it and it's not talked about enough in the kind of traditional, mental health space so I'm really passionate about educating people about what's possible, how trauma works, like how, you're, how you can change your brain and actually how simple a uh, concept is even if the work is difficult um, and actually how quick it can be as well. So yeah I'm um, loving this, this new chapter of my life and concentrating on something that's so close to my own heart, part of my own story and helping people to kind of reclaim their lives you know, their, their bodies in the sense that they're not getting triggered anymore. You know, they're they're feeling more secure. And uh, just enjoying their life more is so important.
0: Most definitely. And I heard the National Health Services, right? Yeah. Okay. The only reason why I asked is I think they reached out to me one time on Twitter. And I was like, is this legit or not? Um So... Uh, we definitely follow each other. Me and National Health Services definitely follow each other on Twitter, which Twitter don't twitter like it used to. Um but before we get into the questions, um you know, I, I, I see that um you that you have mentioned that you had a brush with cancer at 25, which changed the trajectory of your life. Yeah.
1: Um
0: so what did that look like
1: so uh over here once you turn 25 if you have a cervix they invite you to go and have a smear test a pap smear so i went along i totally forgot i'd even had it because i had some other health stuff going on at the time and um i got a letter in the mail in the post that was like we found some cancer so um it was a big shock and it made me really, I don't know, like I faced my mortality at the age of 25. I mean, they got it early. The whole point of that kind of testing and that kind of service is that they can catch things early uh, and and treat it before it becomes a big problem. So I knew that technically uh, I would probably be okay. But it really woke me up. I think up until that point I was, you know, trauma was in the driving seat for me and I was making a lot of you know not my best decisions like I don't judge myself for that I understand why I made it but I didn't know any better you know I hadn't experienced anything really positive in in the world of relationships at that point and you only know what you know right you only know what you grow up with and um I very much was, I lived for other people and I, my needs and my wants and my feelings were always pushed to the back of the queue, like they weren't even a priority, they weren't even top ten and that experience made me realise like, oh my gosh, I, I could have lost myself, you know, I really could have, I could have died. And so I just started to care about myself. Like I, I snapped out of it. I woke up, and um, it was really profound, very isolating because no one, you know, my age, who I knew had been through anything like that. And uh, you know, the older sort of generations of my family, they're not really, they don't really know much about mental health or you know how to express emotions healthily and all of that all of that good stuff so I was very on my own at the time and it made me it really changed things around I spent a long a long time feeling quite isolated and alone there was some there was a relationship I was in at the time that I broke off there were some friendships that I took a break from or broke off um I started to get really serious about myself and what I needed and what I wanted and to take myself more seriously. So
0: most definitely, I, I definitely, um, I, I, I can't say that I've been through that, but I definitely can um, understand what, mm. how you felt and what you was going through. Mm.
1: Thank
0: you. So not, not it's a lot. Um, mm. my first um official question, um, when when we're talking about childhood trauma, um, you know, a, a lot of we have a lot of young adults, um, that a lot of kids as well that are struggling with childhood trauma because of the way they were raised, because of the what they were brought up, what they saw, um. How does that necessarily affect them as they uh, start to get into their adult years?
1: Mm. So I just want to start off by saying that so often when we're talking about childhood trauma, we, um, we often think of things like... The things that we might see on, you know, TV adverts and stuff uh, of kids kind of, you know, being beaten and, and um, abused and, you know, the really kind of, I guess, explicit stuff. But, and that is totally valid. That definitely happens. But, um, so we often think about childhood trauma in those really i guess kind of graphic terms but the majority of people who have gone through childhood trauma don't necessarily come from you know scary homes or bad parents or anything like that um a lot of us have childhood trauma because of the things that our ancestors went through that never got healed and it got passed on to us um sometimes from very very well meaning parents and So when we talk about childhood trauma, we're not necessarily talking about these really big things. We're talking about thousands of little things that together have caused a bit of an issue, but that's why it can be so difficult to pinpoint and, and and to identify whilst I was going through my own uh, childhood trauma healing. One of my friends said to me, she said, "I, I really believe you. I really understand that you've been through this. Excuse me. Um, she said I have no picture of what that was like for you like I have no frame of reference for what it's like you know what it was like for you growing up and I was like I I can't even think of an example I just remember how it felt and so some of the ways we can more easily recognize it as you grow up and and you sort of living through your adulthood is things like you might worry about people pleasing. You might worry about being in trouble when you're having a problem. Um, you might feel it's too difficult to say no. You might have very strong anger or no anger. That's a really common one. Um, so some people, their strategy for dealing with when they feel threatened or unsafe is to become very angry. There's a part of themselves that becomes very angry. Um and sometimes to the point that that actually does get you in trouble. So that's that's one thing. And the other side of that coin is that we often um, might be totally disconnected from our anger or we feel that it's dangerous to be angry because our experience of anger is violence. And obviously those are two very different things. You can be angry in a really healthy, safe, normal way and it has nothing to do with violence. Um One of the other major signs that we have some childhood trauma might be that we get into relationships uh, repeatedly with people who don't treat us well, who are unavailable, who don't give freely of themselves, their attention, their time. And... Other things is that it can make it very hard to trust people or we're overly trusting of people. It might be that I think my version of of trust issues from what I'd grown up with was that I craved love, attention and validation so much because I didn't get a lot of that growing up that if anyone offered it, even in the most simple like you know, it's not that deep kind of way, it would feel like euphoria. You know, it would feel like just such a strong experience and a strong feeling. And that meant that people who even just gave me one compliment sometimes, I would be, you know, they, they could kind of have what they wanted of me because I was just so desperate to, to feel love and validation and so I spent a long time uh, having relationships with people who you know and, and I'm talking relationships in general friendships and stuff uh, with people who were not great a lot of the time but occasionally they were capable of giving me a compliment or just saying one nice thing and that kind of made all of the drama worth it for me and and all of the other times that they were not so nice to me it made it all worth it and it kept me stuck there because it was this constant it almost felt like a game of if I play my cards right today I might get a moment I might get a good moment I might get something out of them that I need and i think that's where a lot of people can can become addicted to the drama because because the contrast of the difficult moments was was made all the more sweeter by the moments that you know they were kind or gave you attention or validation or anything like that so yeah and i think the last thing i will mention is that what there there is a a trauma response that often sounds a bit like well I don't need anybody you know I, I don't need that that's the opposite side to what I was just describing my experience was you know a lot of the trauma response could be like I don't I don't need anybody I've got myself I rely on myself that is a trauma response we are as human beings we are social creatures and we are supposed to be in community with each other it's how our brains are wired and it's um, scientifically when human beings are the happiest is when they're in positive connection to other human beings it doesn't mean you need a million best friends it doesn't mean that you need some massive community around you excuse me but you do need somebody maybe you know a lot of people are very happy with two or three friends And that's absolutely fine. But to say that you don't need anybody is just it's simply not true. And if that's your coping mechanism right now and that's the coping mechanism you need to survive your situation right now, totally understandable. Just understand that you can't live that way forever. It's not sustainable. And eventually it will catch up with you.
0: Most definitely and you know I, I started smiling when you uh when you when you started talking about the I don't need anybody I got myself that was that was my uh, couple mechanism um, for years of hey I don't need anybody I got me nobody's gonna you know the honest truth I probably tell myself is nobody's gonna love me harder than I love myself but uh, I don't need anyone else I don't and it's a very dangerous road because it's a very lonely road Mm. um and you know i I love everything that you have um talked about the different coping mechanisms because you know a lot of people yeah i'm just kind of hit back at this um i always tell people i'm not the same person that they met when i was in school um 10 15 years ago um almost 20 it seems like but (laughs) Um, you know, the anger was a coping mechanism for me. Um, and it's, I, I, I really never understood it why I never fully understood why anger became that coping mechanism for me or why I was able to, um, as they say, go into psychopath mode, um, where it was like, I would start laughing before my anger came out Mm -hmm. I'm just glad I'm not that way anymore. and then to hit on validation seeking validation from others it can become uh it can become very very dangerous very um because what you're doing is ultimately uh correct me if I'm wrong but you're putting your trust into someone else to tell you that you um that you are worth it that you belong mm. thanks instead of um telling yourself this every single day all day or as many times as you need to
1: yeah and the thing is i don't want to get into this sort of toxic positivity hyper independence kind of uh vibe or anything because that's also not healthy we we do need validation from other people but the balance is when we can also give it to ourselves and we know that we deserve that and we know that what we're worthy of that we're worthy of being treated well you know so on the one hand it's like that healthy that healthy level of validation is like if you know if you say to your friend or somebody that you're close with like oh this thing happened today and it was so annoying and and like you're you're but you're sharing it in this sense of like you know this was an injustice and I deserve better And then what the friend or whoever you're close to is mirroring back is like, yeah, you're right, that I would be really annoyed as well. You know, you're both co-creating that validation. It's not all on that other person to to deliver that validation to you. You're 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 doing you're taking part in it yourself. You're not. Yes, I, I agree with you. I think it becomes dangerous when you can't validate yourself. And. If you're not taught to do that and you you grow up in an environment where you don't watch that happening, you don't watch that behaviour being modelled and nobody's taught you how to do that, then it leaves you, I think it leaves you vulnerable. It's not your fault, but it, it leaves you vulnerable to uh, be in this situation as you grow up where the only way you know how to get validation is from other people, not from yourself. And that can leave you open to all kinds of the wrong people.
0: Most definitely, most definitely, um, and you know, emphasis on the co-creating of validation instead of always depending on somebody else to to uh, validate your your feelings, your emotions, things of that nature. Um, so, my next question is: Now we're about to get in deep because uh, even I am curious. Um, what? Um, what is what trauma processing is so what is it and what does it look like
1: sure so we're at a point as as you know our societies are, are very similar in the UK in the US in many many ways and we're kind of at a point now where we think mental health we think therapy like traditional talking therapy maybe a psychologist or something if our problems are a bit more severe And there's nothing wrong with thinking any of that, but it is simply a fact that talking therapies do not treat trauma. And this isn't a controversial thing. It just isn't. Uh, um, It doesn't. And in fact, it doesn't even claim to. Um, People might feel better about their trauma after going to see a therapist, psychologist, whatever, maybe even being medicated. They might feel that they're able to deal with things a bit better if they've got medication that works for them and support that works for them excuse me but the thing that makes the really big difference here like the life-changing type thing is that you can actually change it so that your brain can finish processing a trauma So. if something happens to you that causes the trauma because of how like highly charged that memory is or that experience or if you've got complex PTSD then it's lots of little moments that come together to make this thing that's a little bit difficult to picture but it's it feels very you know it is also a type of PTSD and because we didn't have the tools at the time it happened to process the memory like we would do anything else like we would do um happy things like you know a a wedding or greeting a new baby into the family or all those other things that actually we kind of know how to process those we might cry with happiness or we might celebrate or feel really good or hug people or you know There's lots of different ways we know how to do that stuff because it's socially acceptable. But when it comes to the really difficult things, most of the people around us uh, and usually ourselves, we don't know how to process that stuff, especially when we're children and we don't even have the, you know, we're not uh, mentally mature enough yet to. Or have enough life experience to be able to put into words what we're experiencing and, and process it and all of that stuff. Trauma processing is the process where we help to give the brain the ending to those memories that we didn't get in the first place. So I'm trying to think about how to share this sensitively. Um, So I won't I won't talk about what it is, but I'll just say just very broadly, um, I went through a very difficult thing when I was a child. It was a, a, a one off experience when I was about 10 years old. And that left me with PTSD for many, many years. And I asked lots and lots of different people for help. I, I went to doctors, psychiatrists, like you name it. I asked everyone for help and talking therapists and they were like, oh, well, how did that uh Event make you feel, and I was like, Well, obviously, bad, (laughs) you know. But I was like, But what can I do? How can I move through? Like, I don't want to have PTSD anymore. And they were like, What do you mean? I was like, Well, I don't, I got traumatized, and now I want to not be traumatized. And they had no idea. They were like, Okay, they didn't really have a sense of what that meant or what that looked like, or even how to help me make that happen. And then In my late 20s, I went to a therapist because I was having a flare-up of anxiety and I couldn't work out what it was. It was fine in the end. But I went to her and I said, oh, can we talk? And she did this assessment for me. She was traditionally trained as a talking therapist, but she had done all of these other trainings in lots of different types of uh, treatments. And she said to me, What and what do you want to do about your PTSD? And I was like, Oh, well, I deal with it as best I can. You know, I'd kind of given up asking for help at that point. And she said, Well, well, you can get rid of it. And I was like, Oh my goodness, like this is amazing. Excuse me. And it was really life changing. Just the fact that she was the first person in the world in my whole life to tell me we can actually get rid of trauma. I was like, Oh, I was so relieved. Like I didn't know what to think, but I was like, well, I'll give anything a go. And basically we did some other work first, me and this therapist, but then we got to the point, she said, right, are you ready to do this? And I was like, okay, I was a bit nervous. I didn't know what to expect. I'd never done anything like this before. And basically we went, And I want to say there are many different types of uh, things like this. This is just my my one example I'm giving today because we could be here all day. Otherwise, if I described it. But we basically went back in time. I went as my adult self to visit my child self the morning after that bad thing that happened. And We had this amazing, really healing conversation. I was very emotional. Uh, I cried a lot, but I wasn't triggered. My trauma wasn't triggered. And that was a really important part of the experience. And we had this really healing conversation. We basically had this conversation that I really needed to have at the time, but I couldn't ask anybody. Like, I didn't even know. I was like, I have no idea what to make of this situation. And so I went in as the adult, I was like, I know what you've been through, um, it, we can talk about it, it's totally okay to talk about it, what What do you want to say? And this younger me was like, this little 10 year old me was like, oh, does this normally happen? Like, what is this? Um, is it my fault? You know, all of these things. And I got to have that conversation, say, you know, this isn't supposed to happen, adults are meant to protect you. Um you know, it wasn't your fault what happened, and it was this amazing healing experience, it was that conversation that I desperately needed, and obviously couldn't have at the time, I didn't even have the words to describe what had happened, you know, I was so young, so it just brought an ending, it brought an ending to that situation, and it was so healing, Um, I, I cried a lot, I'm not a very graceful crier so there's lots of tissues involved but um, after that I felt like so different so free and I have never had a relapse I've never been triggered I've never had a flashback a dream nothing about this ever again like it's literally gone and that was really the beginning of my journey into this, this trauma space, because it made such a big difference to me, and I was like, everyone should get to have this, you know, everyone should get to try this out, and to have the chance to heal from stuff, you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate enough that we as human beings can go through things that are so difficult in the first place. I think it's kind of doubly worse that we should potentially live with it for the rest of our lives, you know. And it's such a tricky thing when people say things to me like, oh, well, you know, trauma will be with you forever. And I'm like, "Ah, oh, not necessarily. And I think that to people who've never heard that before or weren't even necessarily looking for that but I'm so passionate that people know that that possibility exists I think for some people it sounds too too good to be true or like a snake oil to, you know like trying to sell something that's fake and and it's really not fake and I really want People to understand what a simple process it is because if your brain can have a big reaction to something that happened, it can also have a big reaction to something new that we give your brain. You know, if we give your brain the opportunity to have that conversation with your younger self that it never got to have and to answer your younger self's questions and to really kind of hold their hand and be like, it's okay, and really give closure, give yourself closure in this really special, like amazing way. It's so life-changing, but it is so simple. It's not, I don't think it's rocket science. I don't think it's a complicated thing. I don't think it's anything to be feared. And if anyone takes away anything from this, it's, I want you to know that there's hope and that you can heal from this and that providing you find the right person to work with, it can happen so quickly my PTSD was treated in two hours my complex PTSD was treated in a matter of months and excuse me I really want that for other survivors to know that that's possible and to kind of get their lives back and and have a better time and get the chance to actually enjoy their lives and for their mind to be a safe and peaceful space to be in
0: most definitely most definitely um you know um when you was i'm gonna be honest with you when part of part of your talk when you was talking my internet went out so i was like oh no i lost it and it came back in i was like Whew, great, um, but you know it went out right when you are talking about therapists and uh, psychiatrists and um, and how like going to a therapist isn't necessarily um, like it isn't always the best um, way to process trauma because be honest, it, it's most of them they're looking from the outside in and. and they some of them refuses to look from your viewpoint and some of them just can't look from your viewpoint because maybe they didn't go through uh, a similar situation or they haven't had like that built up trauma that they had to process. Um, so I definitely like that you brought that out. Um, also, you know, when you, when you mentioned, um, about, you know, when you, you went and it was like oh you can actually get rid of your trauma in my mind it's like i'm i'm like plankton oh i didn't think i would get this far um <laughs> so you, you know it, it's a it's a lot uh it's a lot of work that has to be done but as you said we have to make sure that we go to the right person that we trust the right person that this person will be able to help us in the with the end game of letting this trauma go letting whether it's uh PTSD cps uh ptsd or you know mental blocks that we have um you know we have to trust that they will be able to get us to where we want to be in life mm. so i i definitely appreciate you sharing that with with us um and so i have one more question for you and that is um I th- I think you kind of already answered it, but uh, what can we do about trauma? So how can we go about getting our trauma healed?
1: I think you need to be prepared to look outside of the talking therapies um, and try different things. You know, you, I think you've got to kind of trust your gut to know when th- something's right or something's not right, but I think you do need to travel outside of the mainstream because at the moment, the thing is, is that science and Western medicine, I'm fully a fan. I'm absolutely a fan, but they are never ahead of the curve. Any kind of institution or scientific way of thinking, there are people, it's the pioneers, those of us who are working in this field long before it becomes mainstream or it becomes commonplace or it becomes part of the norm it's people like us who are creating this change first before it reaches all of that stuff so I think if people are going to be waiting for a sure thing they're going to be possibly waiting a long time because this space in terms of medicine and traditional therapy and stuff like that It is changing. Things are improving, but it's going to take a long time. Um, Not so many years ago, CBT was the latest um, mental health trend. I have so many, you know, like CBT is so useful in some kind of surface level stuff. Um, Really, really useful. With some deeper stuff, I, I don't know how... Effective is, and currently at the moment when we talk about um, trauma care in the kind of traditional world, EMDR is the current favourite. And if EMDR is the only thing you can get right now, uh, look it up if you don't know what that is. It, it's a, it's an eye movement practice that's meant to really help to diffuse. Um, the emotional charge within memories and difficult memories. If that's the only thing you've got access to, absolutely go for it, like give it a go. But EMDR was created to treat simple traumas. So we're thinking like the one-offs or the two-offs, you know, it's things that happened that you can easily pinpoint like, oh, I'm scared to get in a car because of the crash or "I'm, I'm scared of these types of, people because of you know an attack or what whatever um then fine but you only you can google it uh, emdr was not created to treat complex trauma um there have been some successes in that area with emdr but it's again I would just encourage you to not latch on to the current trend because it feels safe and it feels like more of a guarantee because a lot of people will jump on the bandwagon and they'll be like oh i you know like i'm a talking therapist so i'm going to go and learn emdr so that i can work with people longer and help them through their trauma but They personally might have never had their own trauma treated. This is something I see all the time. They personally might not have had very many uh, situations of their own that wouldn't mean that they understand you and they've been through the same thing. Um, I think one of the reasons I'm so successful at helping people to treat their own traumas is because I've been through it. I know what it feels like. So I would really encourage you to be brave, look outside and make sure that you're going with somebody who's not necessarily like got every qualification on paper, but actually that they're the way you feel with them and the way that they speak to you and the way they understand you is, is it feels right. Um, and that they have a practice that treats trauma. Because talking about trauma long term is not going to get rid of it. Just as a matter of fact, that's not how trauma works. It's not how the brain works. So just keep going, be brave, experiment and trust your gut when you meet new people.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the the final question I have for you is what is the best way for individuals to uh, get a hold of you or to find you?
1: Oh, you can find me on my website, which is mxharrishill.com. That's M-X-Harris with a double R, hill with a double L dot com. And all of my stuff is on there. My, You can message me on there, all my social links, all that stuff. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I, I just want to thank you for uh, coming on the show today. Um, you know, th- this has been... It's been a work and in progress, but we definitely made it happen. Yeah. Um and so many, I feel like so many people are going to um, they're gonna learn a lot from this episode. Um and once again, thank you for being on the show and for everyone listening or watching. My name is Deshaun.